Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello. Happy Galentine's, everybody. For those who don't know what Galentine's is, it was, as far as I can tell, a product of Parks and Rec. Back in 2010, they did an episode about Galentine's, and it seems to have caught on since then. Tonight's the night for the ladies to go out and do something with your girls before the Valentine's stuff tomorrow. Has it caught on? Or is it just my age group that's probably, like, not doing that? Because we're so busy with other shit. Octavia, do people your age do Galentine's? Help me out here. I did, but okay. not norm. I wouldn't normally. I okay. Know. I You're just up for a party. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, out of girl. The t- it's the Tuesday thing for me. I get up too early. Maybe that's why. So I'd be like, nah, man, I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> if, if Valentine's <laughs> fell on a Saturday, yeah. could you do a Friday Galentine's? Abs- absolutely. That would be the perfect scenario, actually. The uh, perfect scenario. I like it. Well, happy Galentine's and happy Pancake Tuesday. Oh, how many people are loading up on the carbs today? And covering it in maple syrup or pancake syrup, which is inferior in every way. Well, that's what they're doing at the schools for sure. They're not doing the real maple. That's expensive. Do you remember school pancakes? Oh, absolutely. Like, oh. It was yes- like it was yesterday. Next level heartburn usually came from school pancakes. And I don't imagine they were made any differently than the ones at home. But holy shit, did they ever take a toll on you? I recall them being super thin. And, like, quite small, but I think we got two at my school. If I remember correctly, you got two. But, again, they were very – they were not these thick, fluffy guys at all. They were quite thin. And then they give you, like, a little hunk of – I don't think even think it was butter. It was probably, like, margarine, hunk of margarine. And then a little bit of syrup drizzled. Just a tidy bit. Just a little bit. And then you had to cut at it with a fork and and knife, all plasticky fork and knife. And it was, like, eh, like screeching against the plate. It was a weird situation. But we were all, like, free food. We loved it. Yeah. My problem is I was really fat in school and I two was not enough for this guy. <laughs> for this hefty body, it was not enough. So I always wanted more. you like more. doing tradesies with other kids? Yeah. Like, I'll and I'm like, I'll, I'll trade you my <laughs> Joe Louie for that. Yeah. That's like I, sweet. Actually, I take that trade. That's, yeah, a trade. that's a good deal, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, pancakes for dinner tonight. What do you think? Yeah. I'm. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Not, and why stop at pancakes, right? You might as well go all out. Do the whole breakfast. Yeah, we're doing bacon, eggs, pancakes, right the whole on. nine yards. Oh, asterisk, do waffles count? No, no. it's pancake. Thank Tuesday. you. You're absolutely right. Uh, we have a lot to get to in this episode of After 9, and I think we're going to have some pretty good discussions. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about the potential job action by the Uber, Lyft, Skip, and DoorDash drivers, which apparently is taking place tomorrow. And I'm saying apparently because I don't know who's doing it and who's not, and I'm not even sure who drives for these people that agrees with this position that they should be paid paid a minimum wage. So we will get to that coming up in a few. But first off, let's run through some headlines. First one is another reminder of how glad I am to not have to drive into Toronto every day. They've announced the next stage of Gardner Expressway rehabilitation is going to resume work at the end of next month. The Gardner is going to be reduced to two lanes in each direction between Dufferin and Strawn. 
Mm. That's a big stretch. Actually, mm-hmm. it's not even a big stretch, but it's the most important stretch if you're going into Toronto. Uh, you know, and it's, and it doesn't even matter if you're not, like, I'm with you. I'm like, oh, thank goodness I'm not there. But you, you've, we've all been there. So if you do have to go through that, we all understand. We've all been there. Ontario NDP leader Marit Stiles says the decision by the province's appeals court to rule Bill 124 unconstitutional is a win for workers and unions. That controversial law from back in 2019 capped salary increases for public sector workers to 1% a year for three years. Yesterday, the lower court, yesterday, the appeals court sided with the lower court who ruled that it infringed on workers' rights to collective bargaining. I know that Bill 124 has been controversial. I know that if you work in the public sector, you don't want Doug Ford saying you can only have a maximum 1% pay increase each year for the next three years. I would point out also, that's far more than some people in the private sector are making Mm -hmm. who don't necessarily get a raise guaranteed every year. So, I mean, I thought it was a fairly good balance. I certainly do agree with people's right to collective bargaining, and I don't think it should have been applied as a blanket that applied to everything from uh, folks at Service Ontario to doctors in hospitals. The whole thing was a little broad. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to figure out how the court came to this conclusion because at the end of the day, the province is the employer. And the employer, in every case, has a right to determine how much a job is worth. And if they determine that, I don't know, maybe you're answering phones at Queen's Park. If they determine that that's a max $50,000 a year job, then no, you don't get a raise every year. Once you hit your cap, you've hit your cap. And if you want to earn more, you would have to go to an upgraded position. I don't understand why there's not a compromise here to what the government wanted versus the courts throwing the entire thing out. I have a feeling this is going to be back in another form, maybe with slightly different numbers, but the premise is the same. There has to be a cap on how much each job can pay. And and when it's the public money, how can there not be a cap? Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. They seem like they don't know what they're doing most of the time. Doesn't it seem that way? Like sometimes when these things happen, don't you ask yourself, who's in charge here? And do they know what the hell they're doing? No. Because it didn't seem fair for all occupations. But again, at the end of the day, there has to be a a ceiling on how much an employee can make for a certain position. Unless we all agree as a society that there's no cap on how much nurses can make. There's no cap on how much doctors can make. And and maybe we have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we can't be giving every employee automatic raises every year or be faced with a strike if we don't give it to them every year. So they need to do some work on that. Uh, The mayor of Belleville. We have a lot of listeners in Belleville for some reason. Oh, right on, Belleville. I'll take it. Uh, They are asking the province now for help to tackle the ongoing addictions and homelessness crisis. Neil Ellis says the city's emergency services are now stretched to the limit following a rash of overdoses in their downtown core. He added plans are underway for a new community hub offering health and social services, but it needs more investment to get off the ground. Belleville declared a state of emergency last week. After 17 overdoses in 24 hours, Jeez. they actually had to tell people, don't come downtown. There's a lot of dead people on the sidewalk. That is really scary. Isn't it? That is really, really scary. Like, because we all know what's happening and there's a lot of cities that are where it's bad. But to actually have to get a notice of like, nope, don't come down here. That, that's more than a crisis. Like, what would you even call that? 
uh, crisis is the best word I it's can think best of, but you're can, right. It doesn't I feel, feel like strong enough. Yeah, I feel like it's even worse than that, and I don't even know where that puts us. What are we doing to help these people, though? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I know we've made a ton of illicit drugs free and easily accessible to a lot of people. There's a lot of people who ended up hooked on these drugs through no fault of their own. They just went in for primary medical care and ended up getting prescribed opioids and then they got hooked on them. Yeah, that's right. There's so many different examples of how people ended up in this situation, but it doesn't seem like we're doing anything about it. There's people living in tents. There's people dying in the streets. There's food bank lineups around the block. And it doesn't seem like anybody's in a hurry to fix this. It's wild to me that we have a state of emergency in a pretty decent-sized city like Belleville, and this isn't an all-hands-on-deck. We sent the goddamn army into the nursing yeah. homes during COVID. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know what the correct answer is because obviously we don't work in that field, right? We don't work in that field of helping in healthcare or whatever the case is, but there's got to be someone who has a solution. There's got to be someone who has a solution or a group of people who can help in one way or another because it's, it's Belleville we're talking about now. Could be another city next week. Did you hear that jobs report that came out the other day from StatsCan claiming that 35,000 jobs were added last month? Hmm. I feel like uh, StatsCan's one and only job right now is to put out enough information for the Bank of Canada to justify leaving interest rates as high as they are. After that jobs report came out, all of the economists were quick to jump on TV and get on social media to say, ooh, this means the Bank of Canada probably won't be lowering interest rates anytime soon, not with strong job numbers. Well, there was some nuance to it. A lot of it, most of it, was part-time jobs. Yeah. Not enough to live off yeah. of by any means. That makes a difference. And, and it just flies in the face of all the news that we get every day. Can I tell you today's round of layoffs? Yeah. How bad are things in Canada when the accountants are laying people off? The Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada have cut 20% of their workforce. The organization which represents Chartered Professional Accountants nationwide has about 400 employees across the country before the cuts. 20% of them just lost their job. You'd think that if you're a Chartered Professional Accountant, you've got a pretty safe gig. Nope, not so. And then uh, BlackBerry is going to be cutting jobs in their cybersecurity business. This seems like a weird time to cut cybersecurity jobs. Yeah, you should be upping it, no? Maybe we should be adding what? to it. What? They're closing six of their 36 global office locations. Back in the fall, they cut 200 jobs. Now they are announcing more cuts are on the way, but an undisclosed number at BlackBerry. Wow. Scary stuff. Cam. Very scary. And I just we get these stories every day about the jobs that are being lost, especially in the tech industry. How the fuck did we create 35,000 new jobs? I think they're not counting right or they're intentionally putting out disinformation here just to give the Bank of Canada that cover that they're looking for because, well, the bank wants rates to stay high. Uh, It's another blow for taxpayers in Toronto. Not only are they facing a 10.5% tax hike starting Monday, family day, for the first time in my life, they're going to start charging for on-street parking on all statutory holidays. Historically on a holiday... You can park wherever you want. They don't, uh, you don't have to feed the meter or anything like that. Now you do. This is the first time they've said, we're going to start charging for parking now. Is that just an initiative to get more money? Yeah. That's all it is, That's right? All it is. I mean, they and- say it's because there's so many people using the streets and they got to keep the roads clear. So they got to charge for parking. That's total bullshit. Yeah. I mean, there are, when city, it depends on the city, I guess, but some cities will put out a lot of festivals and things like that at those, on those days. So they really do have people parking there. For sure. But that was one of the perks to doing it, was that you didn't have to worry about paying for parking. 
Tiger Woods and Sunday Red is no longer just a shirt. It's a brand, Cat. The golf legend is starting a new chapter with TaylorMade. He says, it's the right time in my life. Yesterday, he was wearing the new Sunday Red cashmere hoodie and black shoes minus the swoosh. It's weird to see Tiger without a swoosh on because he's always mm-hmm. been a Nike guy. Mm-hmm. Now, TaylorMade comes in with a lifestyle brand called Sunday Red. Woods ended his relationship with Nike after a 27-year relationship that began back in 96. Sunday Red is a standalone brand with its own team of designers and even its own headquarters. TaylorMade says it'll launch in Canada March the 1st. May the 1st. May the 1st, sorry. Right? May the yeah, 1st. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. In time for, hey, that's good. Uh, in time for Father's Day gifts. That's what I think of it as. I'm like, ooh, perfect. Sure. <laughs> you know what I don't understand, though, is he is training his son to be him. And I yeah. think his son wants to be him. And if his son can have even close to the impact on golf that Tiger himself had, Charlie Woods could have his own line. I thought Tiger would have stayed with Nike because it's classic and everybody knows it and loves it. And everybody's got that golfs has got some Nike golf stuff. Tiger had that impact. I thought he would have gone with Sunday Red for Charlie and he would have stayed with Nike. Then he would have made money from both sides. Sure. However, for I don't I don't know if Nike, how Nike would feel about it. No, we don't know the details of this contract with Taylor Made. Here's how I saw it when I when I learned that it was Taylor Made. I wouldn't have been surprised if Tiger Woods did go to Nike first because that's twenty seven years. He said that's a long time to be uh, in a partnership, and that's what you were. So he he likely did approach them for this is what I want to do. Maybe he did bring Charlie in, and that's where they went. Mm-mm, I, I don't know. We can't really confirm that we can bring Charlie in on it yet or whatever. Went to Taylor Made. Yes, not only you're going to get X amount of money from every product sold or percentage or wh- however it's worked out. And again, we don't know details of the contract. Perhaps they were more open to a. Absolutely. After this, we're going to launch a Charlie line and it's all contractually good to go, pen to paper already. So it made more sense for him going forward to do that. And it made more sense for Charlie to have his own thing. So he didn't have to follow in dad's footsteps either, even though he will no matter what. I mean, he is going to no matter what. Maybe that's how it was done. I don't know. The logo suite, though. I mean, I like the look of it. I think it's going to do well for him. Would it have, Would it be as good as if he was with Nike and, and launched this exact same product with Nike? I don't know the difference between TaylorMade and Nike um, in terms of quality and all the other things, but looks nice. It does look nice. I've been watching Tiger Woods golf since I can remember, and I think it's awesome. It's going to be different, but still cool, and I'm really glad to see him passing the torch to his son as well. Kat, this is a shocking number. Our friends at Waterloo, no, they're not my friend, Waterloo Region Public Health has issued (laughs) suspension orders to get this. 18,643 students who are behind on their vaccination or who do not have an up-to-date vaccination record. That's more than three times a typical year. Families who got the suspension notice now have six weeks to update their child's vax record, get the vaccines, or apply for an exemption before the suspension order takes effect on March the 27th. Students can be suspended for... Up to 20 days mm-hmm. if they don't have their primary series of shots. Now, don't confuse this with COVID. It's not the COVID vaccine you have to get. Yeah. This is your your measles, mumps, rubella, your diphtheria, your 
fucking whooping cough and all the mm. other shit that we've been getting vaccinated for for decades. Yeah, your booster. So you need your booster the way it works now because I just went through it with my with my both of my kids, but my youngest is the booster shot. So you're supposed to get that between four and six years old. I always go right at four. Like the, the second they turn four, I make the appointment. It's done. So it's done for both of them. The second part to that, though, is because I wonder how many people are in this boat. They did get the shot. But you, it's up to you as the parent or guardian to contact public health and update the record and give them uh, proof of record. And how archaic is that? It's easy. It's easy, though. It's, it's so easy. Okay, so you just phone them and say, hey, I got my kid the shot? Yep, yeah, and then they'll give you, uh, yeah, I think you can even do it by email because I'm pretty sure I just sent them an email of the updated record, confirm with who the doctor is, and I'm pretty sure all they do is reach out to the doctor's office. This is your patient, correct? Good. All good to go. Why is that, though, when we know, because they did it during COVID, they know exactly who has shots. How is it that that if somebody goes into a doctor's office, which you would have to go to to get a shot, or a walk-in, or the hospital, or a clinic, why don't they tell public health? that It should be very, very standard. Nobody should be phoning anybody to say, yeah, I got my kid a shot. Why, why are we doing I, that? I don't know. I, I don't know if maybe that is the case for some. I'm not sure. Um, it, it also could be a lack of of just informing parents. It could be newcomers as well who aren't sure how the process works. Could be a number of things, right? There's a lot of different factors. And there's some vaccine hesitancy for sure. Also, yes. Yeah. 18,643 students. And that doesn't even include the high school students. There's 10,000 more of them. Their suspension notices go out next month. Okay. And once you get into high school, what is it? Like the HEPs, right? Like the Hep C's and the... All those shots. What do they do in high school now? I don't know. Are those required now? I don't know. What do you got, get like I remember HPV getting them. Shit? I had yes, HPV. I believe is one of them, but I remember getting them, and it's probably fresher in Octavia's mind than in ours. But I remember getting the hep, hep one of the heps. <laughs> hey, are your shots up to date? As far as I know. Okay. We're calling yeah. public health after this podcast. No, do you remember what you got in high school? Do you remember the shots you had to get in high school? I, I don't know. Rem- you just showed up. You just show up and do it, right? Gave I know. You the shot. Yeah. yeah, and then you took a sheet usually home to your parents, and you're like, "Here, take it," and that was it. Yeah, so I don't, I don't remember, but I remember going and getting it. Huh, okay. Uh, just a couple more before we get to some of the real fun stuff here, and we're, we're going to talk, talk about gig drivers, we're going to talk about Arrive Scam and more. I, what are we going to do with these stunt drivers? It seems like people are not getting the message. It's getting worse. Two particularly bad ones here. Uh, OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt says an 18-year-old was caught going 163 on the 400. 163 in a 100 zone, Mm -hmm. 63 kilometers an hour over the limit. They also caught a 21-year-old who only had a G1 on Highway 85 in Kitchener going 186, more than double the limit. G1? G1 driver, 21 years old, going 186 kilometers an hour. Like, what an idiot. You know what, though? I feel like these kind of losers are the ones that cry in front of the judge. Oh, I'm going to lose my fucking car. And, oh, my parents are going to kill me. I, I think we should put them in jail now. Like, I yeah. think there's certainly... Scare, scare, you want to scare them straight. Yeah. Yeah, I like that OG approach too. But, I mean, Fuck why it. are we still fucking around with these people? They're dangerous to have on the roads. Yes. For those of us that do between 100 and 120, which is normal, these sons of bitches are going 186. They will kill somebody. Yep. Throw the fuckers in jail. I agree with you. No more stunt driving. Oh, you lose your license. There's get no your excuses car for it. There's zero excuses for it. Well, clearly that's not enough of a deterrent. So throw them in fucking jail. They're a danger to society. Make it a criminal charge, just like impaired driving, just like uh, is distracted criminal or is that still just Highway Traffic Act? I don't know. Either way. Hey, listen, 
if you're operating a vehicle more than double the speed limit, you are reckless. You should go to jail for at least a month, mm. maybe a month in jail. How about the entire time that your license is suspended? You're on house arrest. That'll learn you real good. Won't it? <laughs> Wouldn't it though? It would. I, I think we should just stop screwing around with these people. Yeah. Enough's enough. For This is not a new law, stunt driving. This has been around for more than a decade. If people haven't got the message yet, they're not going to. Or better yet, any stunt driving charge, you lose your license, period. You got to start over again. You got to pay the G1 fee, then the G2 fee. And you got to go through those same restrictions. G1, you need another licensed driver in the car. And maybe if that seems harsh to some people, stop being sympathetic for these assholes that are going double the speed limit. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous. These are only the people that got caught. Like we've all been witness to ones that probably haven't. Like I've seen it. I mean, we all have. I've seen it myself even, I don't even have to go that far back in my memory to remember someone who zoomed by me so fucking fast and so dangerously in the middle of the goddamn day. Not that it matters when you do it, but still, you're right. It's a risk to a lot of people. You're risking so many people's lives around you. It's not about you. You're a selfish son of a fucking bitch. Yep. I think you could, should go to jail. I mean, enough's enough. You've had enough time to figure it out. You know the law. You broke the law. You did it intentionally. It's not an accident. It's an accident, maybe. If you were going 110 and maybe you wanted to pass somebody or you saw something on the road and you sped up, whatever, maybe you got it up to a buck 20, buck 25. Okay, it's speeding. You should get a ticket for that. When you're doing double the speed limit, yeah. that's that's intentional. This is blatant street racing. Okay, I got to say, I love following Diamond and Diamond's Instagram page. It's so much fun. I don't know if you get the chance to check it out. Diamond underscore lawyers. And it's not just all about what they're up to, which is always great, too. You can see the latest on their class action lawsuits, and we talked about it on the podcast before. But also some fun law facts on there and some weird ones that are still out there in the world, like the fact that you can't pay for things with too many Canadian coins. Which is ridiculous. A coin is currency. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Uh, make sure you follow along. But but in all uh, in all truth, if you are suffering from a personal injury or you know someone who is, call them. They're specializing in car accident law, slips, falls, brain injuries, dog bites. Very knowledgeable. They're willing to meet with you and discuss uh, what your case might look like. Uh, it's the compassion that does it for me. I mean, generally, when people call, it's because they've been in a bad situation and they have suffered a personal injury. Before you even talk about the legal questions, they want to make sure you're okay. They want to make sure you've got the support that you need. Do you need a PSW? Do you need a a medical treatment? Do you need this or that? And they really do care about their clients. If you've been injured in an accident, call Diamond and Diamond at 1-800-567-HURT or go to diamondlaw.ca. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yesterday, the Auditor General came out and and did what I thought was a very, very intelligent approach to delivering a report like this. The Auditor General's job is to audit on behalf of the taxpayers and make sure that the government isn't completely wasting our money. Now, the good news is, is that we have a good Auditor General in Karen Hogan. She's been great. The good news is she investigated as thoroughly as she could. The bad news is they wasted a shit ton of our money this time. Holy cow. Federal officials, these aren't necessarily politicians. These are people in the civil service. 
are responsible for massive negligence regarding the infamous Arrive Can app that launched in April 2020 to track health and contact information for people entering Canada during the pandemic. This app was originally supposed to be an $80,000 project. 80 grand. And you know what? Who I know you're going to tell. Oh, my God. Show me somebody who paid 80 grand to get an app developed. That yeah. seemed high to me at the time. I thought, 80 grand for an app? You can go to fucking any college in Ontario and find a student that'll do it for you for an eighth of that. Probably. And it would probably work better. But no, they were going to pay 80 grand for it. The new cost. $60 million. Why? How? Uh, to tell you the truth, you know? Kat, if anybody gets a chance and you're bored and you got to be pretty bored to want to do this, but it's available on C-SPAN or CPAC or one of them. Google the Auditor General's news conference from yesterday and go back and watch it because she was truly shocked. She said things like, in all my years of auditing, I have never, ever seen accounting done like this. There were, I guess when you get a government contract, for example, there's checks and balances. You're supposed to return a form that explains the work you did. And once that comes back, we send you your check. They were sending back these forms blank, blank. And we still sent them the check. In one case, oh my God. a company so that got embarrassing, a though. Oh my God. one company that got a multi-million dollar contract to coordinate stuff for this app never even applied for it. They never even applied. The civil servants that were in charge of figuring out who's going to do what just told this company, "Yeah, this is your contract." And that company helped them write the requirements for what a company must have in order to get the contract. In other words, they wrote the rules didn't even apply for it and still got it. Sounds like they really overcomplicated things. Like that's to say it in like the minimum. <laughs> like that they really overcomplicated it. Well, it gets worse. Karen Hogan says the cost of 60 million is just what she can find. She said the books were so poorly kept and this was so poorly managed, it's impossible to know the exact amount that we spent on this thing. Examples of mismanagement included a contractor that was awarded a contract and didn't apply for it. And many other examples. They also, by the way, sent up to 10,000 people to quarantine that didn't need to quarantine. The app was never tested. Oh, my gosh. 10,000 people had to you quarantine for two weeks it, when they came back to Canada because of this fucking thing. You can't recoup that money, too. Like, what do you do? Well, Go back and ask the company, or can you? Uh, well, these companies, there's one of them, uh, Strategic something. They got $20 million. They cannot explain what they do or what work they did on the app. They have no answer Yeah, for see, it. that's sketchy as fuck. They're t they took the money, and then they were like, ah, they're never going to know. We laundered money to yeah. these people. And who are these people? And what connections do they have to the CBSA well, or to the federal government? Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah. 60 million minimum. That's just wrong. That's embarrassing. Yeah. She said the only saving grace is, and I thought this was an interesting point of her to point out. She said the only saving grace is they, were, they wanted to create an app anyway to automate the process of coming back into Canada. They wanted this, so at least they can factor that in as we needed it anyway. It wasn't just for COVID. What do the federal officials say? They say, oh, well, we were in an emergency situation and we were under pressure. Bullshit. $80,000 to over $60 million? Yeah, Somebody got rich. Inexcusable. And where is the RCMP? Hmm. This is crazy and there needs to be a criminal investigation here we pissed away money to companies who knew they weren't doing anything to me that's fraud i think there should be a full-blown investigation criminal yeah I, and i'm sure that the opposition is going to call for it if they haven't already 
Uh, I think they are. The problem is, so there's committee hearings going on in Ottawa right now. I think his name is Larry Brock. He's the MP for Brantford. What a smart guy. Watching him in these committee hearings is just mesmerizing because he's very factual. He's very to the point, and he asks questions that are relevant. So he's been trying to get answers here. Unfortunately, some report came out, and we don't know what's in the report. But it is it has indications that there was people getting taken out for fancy dinners and all mm-hmm. sorts of shit. And so the NDP and the liberals voted to shut down that testimony and take it right out of the committee. They're covering up for something, and the RCMP needs to try and be a little less RCMP of today and a little more RCMP of yesterday and go in and investigate. And if there was corruption, someone should go to jail, maybe multiple people. Yeah. There is a suggestion now, Kat, that the drivers for Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and Skip the Dishes should be paid minimum wage. I'll tell you where this comes from. It's an advocacy group, and I believe they call themselves Ride Fair instead of Ride Share, Ride Fair. Got it, got it. They say that they crunched the numbers and they found evidence that there's some drivers out there who are only making less than seven bucks an hour driving for these, these delivery apps. They say that's not fair. We have a minimum threshold in this province. You need to be paid. What's the minimum wage now? Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what the minimum wage is, Octavia? Sixteen fifty. Sixteen. That sounds about right to me. Around there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so let's let's go with that. They say they should be making at least that because it is the minimum wage. I guess that's uh, it's good discussion to have. I I think for sure. But my question is, are they actual employees? I thought the whole point of these apps and the advantage to you or me or Octavia here is that. Hey, I'm not doing anything. I think I'll make a little extra money. I'm going to turn on my Skip the Dishes app and go and deliver a couple food orders, make myself a couple of bucks. And sure, you can make pretty good money doing that. But I'm not required to go out. I can decline any delivery that I want to decline. I got to use my own car and pay for my own gas for this, but I'm making money to do it. Mm -hmm. The thought that as soon as I deliver one, I got to be paid minimum $16 for that hour, which is what they're advocating for, seems a little crazy to me, given that, You set your own hours. You completely do your own thing. I don't see why they would need to be paid a minimum wage. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I thought that that was the sole purpose of it as well, was to have something extra. And by all means, anyone who I've run into that I've had a conversation with, whether I'm in an Uber, and and not long ago I was, and I was talking to the guy, it was before his shift started at his it is regular job, if you will, his Monday to Friday, but he picked up shifts before work because he's like, I get up early. So I get up and then I, I, I Uber. That's what I do during the week and it's decent money. I always figured that that was the case. Now, there are people who do it full time, but it, it doesn't make you a full time employee. And by all means, you do it. The more you do it, the more money you make. That's how it works. But, but these people seem to think that they are employees. Yeah. They seem to think that because, well, I've got to skip the dishes red bag here yeah. and, and I took the order from skip the dishes. They got to pay me a yeah. minimum 16 bucks as soon as I turn on the app. Yeah. And I don't see it that way. That was never the point of it. I mean, you're right. That was never the point of it. As It was a nice addition for a lot of people or they could do it all the time, but not considered an employee. Well, this advocacy group is encouraging all drivers to not drive tomorrow. Valentine's Day. Stick it to them. It's a busy day for Uber and Skip and DoorDash and such. Don't order tomorrow or don't drive tomorrow, and then they'll see how much they need us. 
Or they'll say, if we have to pay you a minimum wage, a lot of shit's going to change and the prices are going to go way up or we'll just pull out of the Canadian market. Or, or don't forget some people will lose the, that job then. Oh, if a lot they're of them gonna will. start like like do they realize that they might be shooting themselves in the foot even if they think they're gonna win? Because here's the, that's the issue that I see is that there's people who are perfectly happy with it the way it is. I know there are. I know there are drivers who just like it the way it is. They're making extra money. You're right. They wake up, they choose when they work and when they don't. It's a it's a wonderful thing for a lot of people, especially if they have moving shifts at the job that they do. So in in other words, maybe mo- some mornings are available, some afternoons are available, some weekends are available. They can pick and choose it on their own time and just open the app and they're good to go. That's the benefit of it. If they start to put structure, too much structure into it, they're going to have to get rid of people. No doubt about it. Well, I have to, then I have to give this person particular part-time hours. So I only need three people on that job then, let's say, in this city at any given time. So sorry, bud, you can't drive, you can't drive, you can't drive, you can't drive for this company because I got three people who I need to make up hours for. It just doesn't work. It's not, that's not the purpose of it. No, it's not. This was always supposed to be open to anybody who wanted to, as long as you met the minimum requirements, i.e. your car passed to safety and it's relatively new and all that sort of shit, then yeah, you can go out and make extra money. Anybody can. But to come back now and say, well, actually, you got to pay us this, and what's next? Do they want benefits and all that sort of thing? Because, that, again, that's not what these things were originally created for. They're not. And the other thing, as, I, as we talk about it, I realize is from their perspective, they, are so, they can be picky-choosy, and so they are. Right now, as a driver, you could say, oh, fuck, I don't want to go to you know, this town. It's a little out of my way. I, I'm actually going to go back home, so I'm going to wait for a ride here. If you're on those hours, if you're going to be paid hourly, which is essentially what you're asking for, you're not denying rides. You've got to do it, right? Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of them willing to do that either. Well, I mean, Uber... And correct me if I'm wrong here. Well, Uber, for their part, says, according to their records, people are making like 33 to $45 an hour in some cases, and, and I believe that. The nuance here is that Ride Fair is arguing that these people should be paid for their downtime, i.e. when they're just sitting waiting for an order to come in or they're sitting at a restaurant waiting for the food to be ready and things like that. Before we start getting all extreme on this, I think everybody needs to ask, where is this going? And if it looks like it's going to a place where a lot of people are just going to be told, no, we've got enough people, you can't work. That's a problem because there are a lot of people relying on this and rightfully so because yeah. you can go out and make a little extra money. Yeah. If it needs to change a lot or because you're an employee, now we've got to do quarterly reviews and there needs to be a job interview and there needs to be exit interviews and all the other bullshit that goes along with it. I don't think you guys are going to like that any better either. Mm-hmm. Imagine having to be accountable for That's where you mean. are at all times. That's what I mean. Don't shoot yourself in the foot if you're advocating for it just in case. Uh, we'll play a little Judge Cat here. Sure. Some people are, are criticizing this. Other people are saying, oh, no, it was fine. It was totally appropriate. Some people are saying this is terrible. Other people are cheering it on. Yesterday, a reporter from the Canadian press got an opportunity to ask a question of the leader of the official opposition, Pierre Polyev. And it was a question that Pierre Polyev did not uh, take well by the end because there's a lot of heckling that went on from the actual reporter. And, and some people are saying he's too mean to reporters. He's too mean to the, the media. I'm going to play this for you and give me your take. Why did your party want to grant over $100 million in regulatory relief to the mainstream media? We don't want to give uh, any tax dollars to the mainstream media. We, our belief is that the mainstream media and all... Do you decision then, uh, your party's decision no, to grant regulatory okay. relief? So I'll, I'll answer your question. 
the media that is bought and paid for, which, where are you from, by the way? Which, which outlet are you in? Which outlet? Which outlet? Canadian Press. Ah, okay, Canadian Press. So you're talking about tax dollars for media. Is, isn't CBC your biggest, no, isn't, no, I, I can answer. Yeah, and you want to answer? Party want to bring want? $100 million in Sorry. regulatory relief to the mainstream media. When would you like me to respond? Yeah, really. Okay, good. Okay, great. So, of course, you are a tax-funded media outlet and uh, spreading Justin Trudeau's message. Why did you and, 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 and so you're, you're, you're interrupting me again. You're interrupting me again. I am answering the question. Do you regret granting $100 million in regulatory relief to the mainstream media, Your question Valve. is false, so if you can allow me to correct your falsehoods, then we can, we can answer the question directly. So, false. Canadian Conservatives do not believe in giving tax dollars to media outlets. That's Justin Trudeau. That's Justin Trudeau. That's Justin Trudeau. Okay, if you, if you, if you don't want me to answer the question, I'll move on to someone else. You're, you're a tax-funded tax mouthpiece to the PMO. That's the reality. So, question answered. You committed I'm trying to. I'm trying to, but you're heckling. Are you, going, are you going to let me answer the question, or are you just going to heckle on behalf of Justin Trudeau? <laughs> Which is it? I would love the answer. Great. So our, our party does not support tax dollars for media outlets, because that's when we end up with biased media like you, who come here and articulate the PMO talking points, rather than uh, delivering uh, real news to the Canadian people. Justin Trudeau gave Bell Media and other media tax dollars, supposedly, to protect media jobs. And then, what happened? They all got laid off. So the, so the, the supposed justification for giving, giving Bell all this money was that it was going to save media jobs. Well, they all got fired. So I guess that wasn't the real reason for giving tax dollars to the media. The real reason was for him to buy support from the media, which is what it actually did. So we believe that media should be driven by readership, viewership, and listenership, and that's what allows it to, to represent the Canadian people rather than taking marching orders from the PMO. Well, what do you think? Because, you know, he's accusing the media of being biased, and the media, ugh, especially this parliamentary bureau, they get so fucking butthurt. Anytime somebody challenges them, they go crying onto the evening newscast and, oh, my God, holy shit, he said I'm biased. You are biased. Listen to the question. I, I don't care who, who you are and at what level of journalism you're at. That's so unprofessional. Sorry to point out. I know we're pointing at one singular person right here, and she even said her name, to talk all over someone when you ask them a question. Was it not what you wanted to hear right off the bat? Maybe not. But he was actually starting his point. That's what that was. I heard him starting a point, and go ahead, fine. He's, Several times. He's going to talk shit about Justin Trudeau. We all know he's going to talk shit about Justin Trudeau, okay? so But let, he'll eventually maybe answer the question. But you can't talk all over the guy. It's like 101, because you're, you're making it very clear that you're trying to project your point onto the onto the answer, whatever that answer might be, which we never really got to until it took a while to get there. So let him speak. Can I tell you, I, though? I hate that. I used to like the Canadian press a lot. I thought the Canadian press provided a good service. So what they do, for those who don't know, is the Canadian press is a collection of national journalists, and they pool together all kinds of different stories, and then they put them into a format that could be read on the radio or viewed on mm -hmm. television, and they do a good job at aggregating news. And I never got the vibe of bias from them until COVID started, and then it really started to hit home. Let me give you an example from last night. This Arrive Can scam 
app story mm-hmm. was the biggest story yesterday. It was absolutely massive. That and, and Bill 124, the two biggest stories in Canada yesterday. So when I sat down last night to prep the news for the radio show today, one thing stood out very glaringly to me. In the prep that they do for reporters who are going to read a newscast on television or radio, the Bill 124, the Ford loss in the appellate court, was in every single newscast prominently. After about 1, 2 p.m., you'd be hard-pressed to find that arrive scam Mm. story. It totally got buried. It was a lie via omission. And, and I don't think that that does anything for Canadians. I think Canadians should know all the facts and they should form their own opinions. That's what the, new, that's what the news is supposed to be. It always has supposed to, it was supposed to be that way. But, always. It, but it's changed yeah. a lot and it's really kind of skeezy. I mean, I've got my political views, but I at least try to be fair about how I present the story. I'll give you both sides of the story. What they're doing is just, it's not right. One last thing and then we have to go. We've only got about a minute left is... I didn't even cover it in the news today because it happened last night. I didn't realize it until halfway through the show. Because Israel right now over in Gaza is going into Rafa, which is in the southern part of Gaza, that's where a lot of the people that were evacuated from the north went to. Mm. That's like the big city in Gaza, as I understand it. So there's a lot of people in Gaza right now, and now the Israeli army is ready to go in there to rescue hostages or take out terrorists or whatever it is that they're doing. So because of that, a lot of the protests are starting to heat up again. Last night in Toronto, there was a pretty aggressive and loud protest, not at City Hall, not at the Israeli embassy, not even on the overpasses in Jewish neighborhoods. This one was right outside Mount Sinai Hospital. And can I just say, no matter how you feel about this issue, everybody has a right to protest, fine. But for God's sake, please leave people alone that are just trying to get health care. That can't be the place that you think is a good, appropriate place to stand out there calling for Fatah, I think is what they said it was, and, and, and screaming for the annihilation of Jews. You, you can't do it outside a hospital. No hospital. They have to be off limits. Please take your protest somewhere else. People need to be able to go into a hospital and not be intimidated that they're going to get screamed at and called names when they're on their way into the ER with a broken arm. Yeah, or worse, by the way. Or There's worse. people going in there for worse reasons. They're having the worst days of their lives. Apparently over in the UK, they've just passed or proposed, I didn't get the full story, a new law that would require, if you're protesting, you can't cover your face. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't know if Justin Trudeau has the balls to bring that up and actually consider that something that we debate in Parliament. I, I, I highly doubt he's got the stones so. to do it. Yeah, I don't think he But that's that. a debate we could totally have in Canada. Yes, you have a right to protest, but... When, when there's people being violent and breaking laws and spreading hate speech, do you have a right to cover your face while you do it? Interesting question. You can think about that. That's something that probably won't come up here, but other countries are debating it. And on that, we will say, have yourself a great Tuesday, everybody. Enjoy the pancakes. And, and prepping for Valentine's Day, if that's what you're doing. Last day to shop, Some right? people are prepping. Yeah, indeed. Are you doing anything for Valentine's? I know it's not your day. Yeah, yeah, not really. No, my husband don't, and I don't really do anything, but uh, stuff for the kids, yes. I do have to do some last minute running around today um, so that I have some stuff for the kids when they wake up. Exciting. Fun, fun, fun. Have a good one. Bye. It's New York Fashion Week, and this year... Baby bumps rule and tots are taking to the runway as fashion celebrates motherhood. Yes, the fashion industry salutes mothers everywhere. 
because you produce children with the tiny hands that can work the looms real good. Singer Pink's concert in Australia over the weekend was temporarily paused after a woman in the crowd reportedly went into labor, and Usher's halftime show had to be paused when thousands of women got pregnant. Meanwhile, Usher did the halftime show, and at one point he... He was phenomenal. At one point, he, he took his shirt off. Oh. And that, was, that was fun, seeing washboard abs after I just inhaled my 11th pig in a blanket. I go... The USDA is warning that Trader Joe's chicken pilaf may contain rocks. We should have seen this coming. It says right on the package, new boulder flavor.